Hello and welcome to The Social Recruiting Show. It's a special edition this week with two guests. Super exciting. I'm mm. Katrina Collier. I'm a social recruiting trainer and speaker. And I, of course, joined by my gorgeous co-host just somewhere. I usually go that way, but I don't know where she is today. Um, Audra Knight, employer branding, genius, nerd, whatever she is this week. Without any blue, purple hair and no blood cat, which is interesting. <laughs> and Incredible sources this week joining us to share all about agile sourcing are Natalie Glick from ThoughtWorks, who I've got there, and Mark Lundgren down there, coming in from Spain. That's how agile they are. Thank you both for joining us. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Awesome. Let's start with some introductions, maybe get Hayla into recruitment and what you're doing at ThoughtWorks. Um, do you want to start, Mark? God, how long are you at? Um, yeah, so <laughs> 17-ish years in recruitment, um, of which the last five have been sourcing exclusively. Um, I've been with ThoughtWorks since January, uh, joined Natalie's team after hearing her talk in, at a conference in Amsterdam. Um, and we really? just, we connected after that and talked and then um, talked about what her plans were and I wanted to join that. So yeah, I joined in January. And I have been in recruitment for about the same amount of time, 17 years. Makes me feel Why does everyone call their nose up as they say that? Like 17 years. <laughs> <laughs> it makes you feel like you're actually really old <laughs> all of a sudden. You're like, 10 years, that's fine. The minute you hit like 15, 16, it's like, oh dear. years of driving. 17 in recruitment is fine. <laughs> <laughs> we just put everything in relation to that. It's all good. Yeah. So how did you end up in recruitment 17 years ago when you were in nappies? <laughs> by accident, uh, as everyone does. Um, I was working for my dad, who owned an umbrella company, so looking after contractors. Oh, wow. and got headhunted into a German team um, banking um, agency. That was it, really. Agency for 12 years, moved doing more into like managed service RPO stuff, and then been mm. at ThoughtWorks there for four years. Started a tech recruiter in London, did a stint in Germany, and then head of sourcing in. Wow. It works now. So, yeah, a bit nuts. Are you ex-agency as well, Mark? Yeah, way back when. Um, I started in sales and then, uh, yeah, Adeco High Street. So do we think that the best in-house recruiters are ex-agency? I was talking to a I'm recruiting for a head of recruitment at the moment and I asked him that question because um, mm -hmm. I think there's different reasons. I think yeah. when you're in-house and you've been in-house throughout your career, you're probably a better stakeholder mm -hmm. manager. You're better at the partnership with the client. Um, whereas when you come from an agency, you have that drive. Oh, yeah, and sales. Bit. Salesiness and accountability and target-driven, KPI-driven, mm -hmm. very different. Um, and it's hard to get that if you've been in-house your whole career and don't have it ingrained in you by get on the phone, get on the phone, get for the what's your phone time, how many CVs you mm. sent out. It's really different. I think they also mm. therefore you don't have the fear of the phone. Yeah. Like mm. obviously we're going to talk about agile sourcing and developers and stuff, but the non-developers who you might just want to call. I think a lot that come up the in-house are a bit scared to call as well. So can you explain to people what agile sourcing is? I mean I'm sure there are some people out there that don't even know what sourcing is. So <laughs> Adding the other word, oh my God. <laughs> Mark, do you want to start the intro? Sure. Um, Who came up with it out of you two? Well, yeah. ThoughtWorks is a traditional agile shop. So the, the whole kind of agile movement going back, well, 20 years, ThoughtWorks was a big part of that originally. So uh, Martin Fowler, who's our chief technologist, was part of that kind of group of people who kind of formed the idea around agile software development. 
Um, so when I joined in January, we have three days of onboarding and I've recruited agile developers before, but never really understood what that meant. Uh, for me, it was like, it's a way of working. It, like you ask a person, say yeah, and they're like, yeah, sounds good. Um, so, but just in the introduction, it was just going more a bit into the history and the methodologies behind it. So I started reading up on it. It's like, this is interesting, but not just from a development point of view. There's a lot of methodologies that seems to be some of the things that I've been missing in my career. Um, so yeah, I, I yeah did some YouTube videos about both Martin and other people talking about it. And so has anybody done it in recruitment? Um, and then I yeah wrote Natalie a long email about what why I thought we should look into it and you know some of the pros and cons and, and what I thought we could get out of it. And yeah, she said, let's do it. And within a couple of weeks, we had one of our agile coaches work with us to map out our process and what he thought would make sense. And uh, within four weeks, just after SourceCon Vegas, we started off with the team. I think historically, Mark, before uh, Mark came on board, we've always tried to adopt some kind of agile process within our recruitment function, whether it's a daily stand-up, a Kanban board of our plan and what's happening and where we are with it. But no a one's ever gone. Board? Kanban board. What's a yeah. Kanban board? I just meant you could just work when you felt like it. So I really do need more information about what these things. So I can so having board. a Kanban board, you, you can fill your projects in like um, and have different things. So um, current stages where you're at yeah. with them, whether it's you know in a backlog, it's happening right now, it's done stage, and oh, you just cool. move things along the, the page. And you can use tools like Trello and things to do that. Um, do you guys have an Agile Manifesto? No, we don't actually. That's a really, we probably should. Mm. But the Agile Manifesto yeah, works is, quite well for recruiting too, I think. There is a recruiting, recruiting Agile Manifesto back from the Talent Hacker days some years ago. Um, Workable is kind of reviving it um, and, and using it again, the whole kind of Talent Hacker movement. So if you go back, there's on Medium, there's a, a post from, I think, five years ago about the, the recruitment agile manifesto and the talent hacker movement so some of that is is kind of similar thing i mean the whole and that's five years ago yeah it's not new there's there's not never anything new yeah, but you guys <laughs> are actually like the doing whole, it though right yeah aspects of it a lot of people are doing a little bit of it um so in the reading i did as well uh, one of the one of the guys i've worked a lot with the kind of modern agile movement is a guy up in sweden who's wor worked with spotify for their development teams, how they do Agile, and they do it slightly different than a lot of other ones. And as part of that, they looked at the recruitment team in their New York office because they they just they needed something to to you know get them uh, more productive. And they did an Agile process with them and took aspects of uh, of Agile into that. So there's a, there's some teams and pockets around the world that has done Agile or aspects of it. IBM have done a lot of work on on agile and kind of scrum process as well um but it yeah it's it's still very small pockets around different companies so how does it do is it similar to oh sorry go Audrey. i think we're gonna ask the same question actually <laughs> is it similar to is that scrum how does what's the problem yeah yeah sorry agile is made up by lots of different kind of influences it's more of a kind of overall thing uh, the whole lean manufacturing and lean movement is part of that uh, from before that extreme programming and scrum came out of agile um, just having a very agile is supposed to be a flexible thing so scrum sometimes makes it very 
process driven and less flexible with some. Um, so yeah, it's it's kind of the good thing about agile is you can kind of take the things that work for you and then work around that and find out what what parts of it work for what we have to do. And that's what we did in our process. Yeah. And the beginning piece for us was like, why do we need to do this? What's the mm. reason behind it? Is that so? We were looking at things like. Um, we were all sourcing, but no one was actually understanding what each other were doing. We had so many blockers from the business. There was no visibility across the team, no visibility for the business. We weren't slow and we weren't unsuccessful, but we weren't quick enough. Um, we wanted to become far more collaborative, far more accountable as a team to each other. Um, I felt like as the leader, I was taking on a lot too much myself and not being able to source myself and and not allowing other people to shine really because it was always me having to be the face of everything so we tried to evolve it so that everyone became far more collaborative um far more engaged um and then it's been an amazing process and we started in april and we have become so quick at what we do um it's just insane and um, we've had our best month hiring as well because of it um so far so in what ways have you become quick like because I'm, I'm not sure I'm still getting it. So sorry if I, I you know, <laughs> it's Friday. I'm always thick on Friday. So you probably could have had this conversation Monday and it'd be like there. But, <laughs> so is, is it because you get better decisions from your hiring managers? Like which bit's quicker? I mean, you've raised your visibility, which I think is amazing, but how does it make it quicker? It's, it's a lot of part of it. Like we started breaking down our process into what is, what is it actually we do? Hmm. So for sourcing, what is it we do and where do we have blockers from either ourselves stumbling over our feet or our stakeholders, hiring partners, yeah. you know, what is it that, that will block? And we mapped that out, out. lots of post-it notes on the wall in yeah. our ThoughtWorks office. Um, and just kind of like, okay, what can we do to get this blocker away? Um, and kind of got it down to what is it we're trying to do with every job and what is it that's the same? So we, we worked out that we could put it into, like part of Agile is sprints so that mm -hmm. you take pieces of work and say, we can do this in, like a sprint for us is a week so mm -hmm. within a week how much work can we do um and with with work with jobs you never know when they're going to be filled but we know that our piece of the work is either us handing over a candidate to a recruiter who does the phone screen or us doing the phone screen as well and handing it over to a hiring partner so for us it's like okay let's break it down so the first week for us would be identifying the, the relevant candidates that we think would be, be good for that uh week two sprint would be reaching out to them um, for however we use to contact them. And then week three being following up on that. So whatever kind of channel we use the first week, following up and using other channel. And week four would be um, the phone screens if we're doing them. So for us, that meant we could put everything into nice little buckets mm. and say, okay, week one, we want, we want to identify these people. And we say, okay, for us roughly to be successful, we would need to identify 100 people for a role. So what do we need from the hiring partner to be as successful in that as possible? And we were like, okay, we want some calibration. So the first 20 people we send over and we get real-time feedback. Is this what you're looking for? Yeah. Um, and we do the same thing with scaling it up to 100 so that when we contact people, we know that we can put a calendar link in it and say, put some time in the recruiter's calendar or mm -hmm. the, you know, the hiring partner's calendar because we know they've already seen those people. And that just sped up. So wow. and our team okay. now knows that today I'm working on this role and I'm maybe putting 20 into that. But if I get bored with that, I'll work on something else tomorrow. And we all kind of know what we're working on and everybody has visibility 
like visual, where are we, where, how many candidates, what's priority? And what's We've coined a phrase called sourcing. So in Agile, you have something called swarming, where all the developers yeah. get together and, and work on one project mm. together. So we are doing it with sourcing. So we're sourcing. And oh, I missed the box. I was typing that in yeah. and then I just missed the box. <laughs> That's the word we call it, right there, event, I think. Sourcing. And we... Um, again, Audra? Yeah, well, there's something similar over here. We call a Kaizen event. We drop everything, yeah. just work on, yeah. so it's kind of like that. So what we do yeah. is, if, let's say we have that 100 number Mark mentioned, we will all jump on it in one go. Everyone identifies 25 people. You've got 100 people within a day. So mm. that list might take you a week normally on your own. You can get all your sources in one go to do it, literally all different ideas coming through, a lot of paired sourcing sessions where we might, two of us might share a screen together and actually source together and talk it through, calibrate at the same time because we're giving each other feedback constantly and get a really quick 100 project done and, um, and outreach really, really quickly. So we can actually do things within a week, like literally source, outreach, and hopefully, you know, hand over within whole one whole week if we can. Does that well help with two things? I was wondering if that reduces the quality or increases the quality, but then also unconscious bias if you're both together. Challenges you. Another thing, we have a rule though as well around diversity. So of all our projects, when we first do that first 20 that Mark mentioned, we have to have 50-50 men and women so that we... Ooh, in what you do. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Wow. We check the calibration. We want the hiring manager to, we want to understand their own biases as well. So we're looking at, yeah. are they challenging things correctly? Are they looking at things? Um, then we follow on with that 100. We try and get a minimum of 30% in our projects, but depending yeah. on the roles, we'll try and get 50-50 if it's a, a role that we really want to challenge diversity. Other times we'll just do a 100% diversity project as well, just to really ensure we create that diversity within our sourcing. Um, are you recruiting yeah. just here in the UK? No, we are a global team. So we, we have sources in India, North America, and the UK currently. And we source for every role of all our offices globally. So we have 41 offices in 12 countries. So no point asking what the impact of Brexit's been on that. I'm just saying diversity is hard enough without throwing that in if you're recruiting. <laughs> we haven't really had to deal with it yet. So GDPR has been a big, big, big challenge for us because we've got North America sources sourcing in Europe. And we're having to make sure all the sourcing tools we use are GDPR compliant wherever we're based, mm. which has been fun. It's, been it's all been fun, hasn't it? <laughs> it's still being fun. Mm. GDPR. There's a comment here about AI. My presentation. So, uh, I'll, will I read that out? So, Lee Candiotti. Hello, Lee. Thank you. You're always brilliant with your question. What's your perspective opinion about AI replacing your agile sourcing process? Do you think it's likely to happen, or do you think that what you do is humanely unique? And can't be replaced or imitated by AI. I so hope he's going for the second half of that. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you know when AI actually arrives. Because yeah. oh. <laughs> what I've that, seen like? so far is machine learning and skip logic. I haven't seen any real AI. But like at the end of the day, things of what mm. we do can probably be in, been made, you know, that can be automated. Mm. And we do a lot of work around automating what we do mm. in terms of putting things into processes that can be automated. Um, but yeah, the paired sourcing and actually having that, challenging your own bias, just coming up with ideas is like, how do I find a female developer in this country? Because they're not popping up in my normal search. It's like, how do we try to think differently? And where would we look? And where would they be? And where would they go? And things like that. I'm sure you can program that. But at the, at the moment, the AI is still programmed by people. And 
we try to get input from the best people and from our own people of, okay, I'm looking for these people. Let's ask the developers themselves where they actually would hang out. Um, we, we use, we use our people who are not currently on a project when they're in the office working on our own kind of internal projects, get them to source and get them to give us input for how would you look for these people in this country or how would you find your own colleagues? So just constantly learning from that as well. And I don't, I don't see an AI doing that anytime soon. That, we have we've really got that unique. creativity, haven't we? That yeah. when we're together and we're talking through something, we'll come up with an idea. I'm just not sure AI could do that. What were you going to say, Natalie? Sorry. The ThoughtWorks don't also hire standard ACI skill set at all. You know, we look at everyone we've hired recently. There's no patterns at all. Then mm. we hire every programming language uh, because we are consultants and we need to be able to go anywhere and use the right technology for the job at the time. And also we have a really strong cultural core. So being able to look at a cultural background on a profile, mm -hmm. I don't think a machine can do. And even you know, speaking mm -hmm. to people, understanding them, um, a lot of what we do isn't automated. As Mark said, some of our processes definitely can be automated. And we've done that in some of our outreach. We, you know, we're trying to put things into um, campaigns and um, cadence to ensure that we have first, second, third outreaches, sometimes fourth, to ensure that we don't miss out on people. And actually, our conversions have got better and better because we've had second and third outreaches. And that's a lot, that's automated for us, and it saves us so much time. You can book me's and things for diary management, but yeah. what we do as people, I wouldn't want us to automate personally. No, I think it would be tragic. So <laughs> I don't want to give away any of your uh, SourceCon presentation, Mark. <laughs> so but, yeah, you guys um, obviously talked about this at SourceCon in London. Great response with the. I'm so loving the person behind you, Natalie. By the way, it's not half freaking me out myself. <laughs> I could see part of a head. Now they've stood. Yeah. A, a co-working <laughs> office. Oh, now they're in duplicate. <laughs> One of those never-ending mirrors. It's brilliant. Uh, but obviously, you're talking about video and how you've used that. But the response rates have gone up, haven't they? As well. Mm. Yeah, we, I mean, we haven't even started touching on video yet. Um, that's kind of one of the one of the future innovations. Um, the tool that we're working with for our emails, when we started working with them, that was one of my first suggestions to them. So we got the developers of that tool to start in, integrating videos as well. So yeah, that's slowly gonna. The, the good thing about the process and the agile process is it's not this is the process everybody follow it. It's constantly iterating on it and. And we had a we had a meeting yesterday. It was like, how did they go the last month? Mm. What do we need to change? What went well? What did not? So like, cool. What do we can we do better? How can we do that? What's the kind of small projects? Who's going to own that and 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 bring that back? And we do that every month to constantly say, and we do that even in our daily calls. Mm. It's like there's, you know, one of us notices something is like we're not quite there with this piece of the process. What can we change? And then because we talk every day, even though we spread all over the world we can just change it and everybody's like, yeah, let's try that for the next week and see if it's better. If not, we'll find something else. Speaking of spread over the world, where are you? <laughs> so, yeah, we, me yeah, right here, now, I'm in Spain. Like, making us yeah. all jealous, sitting in the sun. I'm in, I'm in Costa Calida in Spain. So. Show off. Your whole team is remote, is that right, Natalie? Sorry, say that again? Your whole team is remote, the right? Whole team is remote. Yeah, we're all remote. Yeah. So we have we all work from home. And um, we can pop into the office if we need to, but mostly we are home workers and have that flexibility to jump on calls middle of the night, afternoons, or early mornings, depending on what we need. But 
we try and find a time that works for everyone. And even when someone new joins the team, we look again at times. Is it right for everyone? No. Okay, let's let's move it again. Then you know, always trying to adjust and do the right thing for the team. I always feel awesome. like it's the Indians that cop it really badly with the time zone. They seem to have to talk in the yeah, middle yeah. of their night. Bless them. Heather in our team. Yeah. He was. At, I was going to bed at eleven o'clock last night, and he was still pinging us. And that must have been like half past three. Jeez, crazy. <laughs> yeah, but culturally they'll say yes, won't they? Which is so bad because they should go. No, you know what? It's three thirty. Audra, grab that question mm-hmm. for me. Yeah, good question here. Uh, what is the biggest <laughs> obstacle to agile sourcing when you're working with a team of different in different offices or countries, and how do you overcome it? Is that an obstacle, or do you find that it's not? I think we remove the obstacle because of what we've done. Um, because we all contribute to projects together, and no one's on their own having to do anything. We just always update each other with hangouts and things. Everyone knows what's going on throughout the day. We're so in contact constantly. Um, so we haven't encountered many problems. What's nice when we are doing phone screens, depending on whose time zones where, they'll pick up phone screens in North America, Australia. We'll cover Europe. Everyone just works together to support each other. And when there's t- someone's got too much on their plate, we'll just make it work and switch. It was funny being back home in March. Australia really does feel like you know it's awake when the rest of the world's asleep. I've never felt so <laughs> removed. Like I'm like, everyone's asleep. Yeah. I want to chat to someone. Like, and I was like, you guys we, we have asleep. It, it, America was asleep. Everyone was just, wow. It must make that. We have it with our management chain. Uh, like in our management chain, yeah. like we have somebody based in, in Melbourne as well. So it's always like, okay, we have to do calls with her early hour really? morning. So it's not too late for her. Um, and the same, Asha will pick up, uh, Asha who's in Chicago, she'll pick mm-hmm. up some of the phone screens for Australia because her late night will be early morning australia and yeah it's just we make it work somehow but i had a hiring manager ping me this morning from australia asking for a request so she got on the phone at 6 30 her time seven mm-hmm. o'clock her time and gave me a request at nine o'clock our time so yeah. we just make it work yeah it's just it just adds that element of tough i just found it really tough while i was back there i'd forgotten how great it is being here in the middle like we're in the middle like, as far as yeah. i'm concerned time zone wise it's quite easy but yeah and I think for the question as well, it was easier for us to explain to the business what we were doing because Agile is such a big piece of what we've been doing for the last 25 years in the company. Um, so we didn't have those hurdles. It was just like, well, of course, you like, why would you not do Agile in, in one of our teams? Mm. Um, so, yeah, we didn't have that kind of having to explain to them what we want, why we want to do it or what we want to do. Yeah. We just had to say, this is, this is how we're doing it because we're doing the Agile process. Um, plus... The team is quite unique and especially like coming from a lot of other kind of sourcing team is that Natalie has the power to push back on people. We're not a service organ for them. So it's this is our process. If you want us to source for this, we need you day one to give feedback, Mm. day two to give feedback again, or at least at the end of the week. If you don't have that time, we won't start doing it until you have that time. Love it. Um, And they they respect that because it's, Mm. you know, she's the team has that kind of power to say like we will help you but it's going to be on the way that we work in our terms um but once once we start this is roughly what you can expect in terms of time scale um that was one of the big things we wanted to change and when i joined we had we had one of the team who'd been working on basically the same role for three months mm. and i said i i hate that i've been in too many roles where you do that and you just go blind you're like i've seen every candidate i think there is for that mm. role and i said i that shouldn't be what we're doing. We should be faster to know we're done. Mm. 
Plus, we shouldn't have the same roles again and again, uh, like for that long. So, I'm yeah. Sorry. There's I'm being walking. distracted by the bikini clad ladies. <laughs> walking along so, behind me. I'm like, so are they behind you or are they reflected on the window behind you? They're actually in front of me, so they're reflected. Yeah. Are you on the ground? <laughs> and you're having this very serious conversation as these bikini clad ladies are walking past. I'm impressed. <laughs> you can definitely do this agile thing. <laughs> We've had all sorts going on in this show, Audra. This is amazing. Yeah. Great. Another great question. Oh, sorry. Go. Another great question. When you do your sourcing, I think you called it, uh, how do you split the fees with the group? We don't take fees. Oh, it's an internal team. Yeah. yeah. So that would, yeah. So um, these guys work in ThoughtWorks. It's a big sourcing team. Yeah. Thought What's actually really nice, though, just from a team perspective, is that no one actually, because Someone might source, someone else might do the outreach, someone else might do the phone screen. No one feels like this is my hire, this mm -hmm. is my thing. It's a complete team thing where we're so proud of each other for making yeah. the hire that it actually becomes such a team focus. Um, and it's actually allowed everyone to rise and do an amazing job because even though you didn't do that phone screen, you found that person. Like, how cool is that? And, you know, it, it's yeah. just... It's a really wonderful feeling and it's completely changed how we work. And it, 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 it gets everybody to work to their strength as well and saying, it's like, look, I enjoy doing this piece. So I'm, uh, if you're mm -hmm. okay with that, I'm going to do that for all of the, mm -hmm. everybody this week. Or, uh, and then just, you know, Asha was saying, I would like to learn that. Can you teach me? We, can we do it together yeah. as a paired, paired sourcing? And then I can take some of that as well. And we just constantly, people say what they want to learn and take, ownership of things that they know is going to push their own boundaries mm. um, but at the same time knowing that somebody else in the team will have more experience and can help them out with it so is that real job satisfaction isn't there because you're bringing in great people into the company that are helping the company succeed and that and you're doing it together as a team it's like yeah. a different feel because i know lee's written here mm -hmm. like yeah how are your people compensated well you have a salary like normal people satisfaction of the team isn't it and that feeling of helping it grow that's so what I love being in-house yeah I said an email yesterday to, we've had been a year in, in doing this now mm. in the sourcing center of excellence and I sent an email around about our successes we hire two out of one every two people who get to office interview stage that's the highest of any one of in our business and we've had some amazing successes hired some really experienced heads of type roles global heads okay. of we are changing the face of the business we are changing the way the business is run the talent for the future and it's an amazing amazing place to be part of that that's your team doing that mm. Yeah. Mm. it's that, that's it the difference to... from the agency side isn't it you get to really watch the people grow and really make that difference go oh, sorry audra is it tricky though to measure like success when it comes to like the end of the year you can't say this i had this many you had this many this many does it even matter it doesn't matter we don't yeah it, it's the team there are some days uh, i worry email. about it and i say oh my god like we haven't done enough highs this month they're like yeah but you've <laughs> trained all these people to source and thought work so we don't so in our team we don't just mm. um source ourselves we actually have a way of training every new recruiter that comes into ThoughtWorks and sourcing we're helping recruiters to source all the time we do loads of paired sourcing sessions with their actual recruiters and we also have a every recruiter must source campaign constantly ongoing. So we're doing webinar sessions. We're having a sourcing surgery once a month where everyone can join and talk about their problems with sourcing and what they're struggling with. And mm. we're just that place to help those teams. So it's not even about numbers. It's much more about contribution, collaboration, and changing the way ThoughtWorks work. What we want to get to is every 
region should be have a really good split of inbound, outbound, um, and referral for their hires. We want to get like a 33% split. Currently, an example, Brazil is 49% referral um, and about 18% sourcing. Spain is 32% sourcing because we've been there, we've trained them, they're in a really good place. Uh, and so we're just trying to get to that level so that future-wise, we can actually plan out to hire in our pipeline based on what we know, what we can achieve. If you reach out to this many people, you're going to get this many in your pipeline. This is what you need for inbounds. This is what you need for outbounds. This is how many referrals you need to focus on and actually be more deliberate about numbers and, and hitting plan. So we've got a couple of questions here. I'm going to quickly whip to John's. Uh, Hassan, I'm not ignoring you. I'll come back to that. Uh, just because it seems quite related because we've had this whole talk about teams all over the place. So any tools or tricks to working with a distributed sourcing team? I know you mentioned Trello. I assume you've got your video chats that you have, etc. Yeah, we're we're yeah we're on Zoom every day, so we we're Zoom chatting. Zoom. So it's it's all video chat and seeing people, yeah. not just dialing in and um, and just seeing Google. Okay, some, some, yeah, and somebody somebody looks sad today, or you could just see like that thing I said, you know, hit a, a nerve somewhere. Let's just yeah, we can just get over that, or mm. you know, we like does anybody need any help? And they're like, no, no, no. And you can see this like I'll just ping that person afterwards and make sure because mm. I I think you yeah, I got what you mean. Um, Hassan, written, you mentioned that the sourcing team is agile. Is the talent acquisition team agile and also within ThoughtWorks? No. Aspects of it. So the recruitment teams, depending on the region, will do. They either have a daily stand-up where they kind of go through what everybody's working on. Um, some of them will do paired recruiting, paired sourcing mm. sessions, either with a developer and a recruiter, or one of us and a recruiter. So there is there is aspects of it, and they have both Trello board or Kanban boards in the office where they actually move the the different candidates to different stages physically. Mm so that everybody in the office can see what the recruitment looks like. So there's aspect of it in most of our offices, but no, that's the future step to kind of merge what we're doing and the learnings we have to the greater recruitment team. Hmm. Got you. Fantastic. Did you get that question, Audra, from Ed? I feel like I'm yeah, reading them all out, so I'm making Audra read them out. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't take over like I normally do, Lester. <laughs> Question this a little bit, but um, say you set this big goal of 100 candidates, um, does the quality become an issue when you're going for that many? So it's not. So the 100 is the idea. And it was taken from a kind of mathematical rule of thumb. It's like mm. for us to get this, like mm. for us to get a higher, we would need this many people to have a, to, yeah, our positive response rate being what it is. This many people is going to actually book some time for a phone screen. And of those, this many is going to be like the time is going to fit or the different other aspects we have. Um, depending on the region, we do a lot of travel. So if people aren't okay with having to travel up to 100% of their time, you know, it doesn't matter how good they are. So some of those things we can't, we can't see that from online research. Mm -hmm. We're going to have to actually talk. Mm -hmm. um, so that's where the 100 comes from. But there is a few roles we've had where we just knew we were never going to get 100 relevant candidates. So some of them we just said, look, if we can get 50 on this for that specific, you know, location, that's fine as well. But for most roles, we we are able to find 100. And it's not 100 um, candidates, it's 100 prospects. It's 100 people yeah. we've looked at and thought, they look good for ThoughtWorks. Let's do the outreach to these people. We're expecting a 30% response rate of which maybe 15% might be positive. 
So if you've got 15 people out of 100 that actually want to have a conversation with you, how many of them are going to get through? How many are going to hit interview process? How many of them are going to get to the front office stage? To office? So you have to think about that and work backwards to what number works for you. We've also recognized in different regions that number changes. So in North America, you have a much lower response rate on messaging than you do in Australia. So Australia, you get maybe 60% response rates. In North America, it's more like 14%. Yeah. People in Australia are much nicer. We are. We're lovely. So we think about... I don't live there anymore. I shouldn't say that. It's not where you live. It's where you're from. Um, Nice See, yeah, every region we have to think about outreach differently like north america yeah. we know how to double what we're doing for australia uh and, yeah. it, and it will change for every single role i wonder if you're better known Maybe in australia you know there's fewer people fewer companies you're probably better known compared to um north america you know we're just 25 million or something i don't even think we've hit 25 million so or maybe recruiters are different in australia so people aren't like burnt out from getting mass emails from them where america you just i think i don't think america hang on i don't think pete made it on and he'd answer that he was going to oh no he's not on uh shame he'll probably he'll probably write a comment in the replay (laughs) he's my (laughs) tech friend who lives in sydney so uh, which is quite funny so lee has got another question does any part of your agile sourcing process include phone sourcing or is it all internet research text emails IOW. I'm getting that as Isle of Wight. I'm sure that's not what it means. <laughs> that's so bad. That's what I thought. Oh, and I'm, sorry. Thank you. Thank, yeah. I just like literally got Isle of Wight. And I, I, couldn't, I couldn't even think of anything else. Oh, dear. It must be I Friday. I think again, it's different. We're not an agency. So yeah. we don't want to be cold calling people at their desks at work because mm. we're working for a well-represented company who have a really good viewpoint in the market and for us to be sitting calling people constantly isn't going to work um so most of it yes is digital what we do is try where possible to contact people through their email addresses um but if you think about linkedin and everyone bashes linkedin get off linkedin start sourcing elsewhere but ultimately someone's put themselves out there on linkedin so they're willing to be connected because, or contacted because of it um, whereas if you're going to email them through inbox, they're all of a sudden, have you got my email address? Why did you get my email address? Where's it come from? And they start actually getting worried, like, how's my email address out there? What's going on? Um, so sometimes you get a better response because it's on LinkedIn, because someone is willing to accept that conversation. See, a couple of things on that. Sorry to argue with my guest. Um, but <laughs> I did not join LinkedIn to get a job. And I think a lot not of people join LinkedIn. No, but you you are getting in contact with them about their future career move, <laughs> their job. So, and, and Lee has another point. Not everyone is on LinkedIn, which is very true. So I, mm, I'm not saying rule it out, but I'm just saying not use it as the only channel. We don't use it. Yeah, it could be a first first touch, and if that doesn't work, then move on. To yeah, the I just I just it's I, all about channels. Yeah, I just think a lot of people did not join LinkedIn for that reason, and I think we've been comparing LinkedIn. LinkedIn is just for that. Yeah, we've been doing some experiments, LinkedIn versus um, email, inbound, mess- exactly the same messages, but mm-hmm. sending via LinkedIn and email. And a lot of the time, the responses are better on LinkedIn because people are expecting it. Hmm. But it, again, it depends on the role. And it, depend- it depends on so many yeah. different things. Yeah. Sales what about your developers people? specific? Oh, sorry, salespeople? Salespeople hate being contacted by email, will respond because they don't know how you got their email address, will respond on LinkedIn because they're... That's what they do as a job Developed as well. Like, yeah. <laughs> developers, we find, probably respond better on email mm. because they, they don't like LinkedIn. No. 
because they just get bombarded. They run from it. I always think of that pirate meme when a developer updates their LinkedIn profile. <laughs> now he probably hasn't seen that presentation of mine. <laughs> I haven't used it for a while. <laughs> I need to pick it out. I was going to say to Lee, we don't just use LinkedIn. Not everyone is on LinkedIn. No. We have so many different ways of sourcing people. Mm. Um, but we try and contact them yeah, through email when we can't mm. find them on LinkedIn. And, and it's, even for developers, I 90 plus percent of them will have a LinkedIn profile. Um, and it's more really? for us, it's an anchor. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I was surprised as well. Wow. Um, there might not be a lot on there, but they're on there. So, and because that's kind of the anchor to everything else on social media, like, you know, it, we'll be able to see is like, okay, we'll find them. Like we found them on GitHub, mm-hmm. but this is their LinkedIn profile, which yeah, is going to give us where they actually are. Mm-hmm. Like it's just different social media has different pieces of information, location, mm-hmm. what programming languages they do, you know, what, what they're kind of, what they're into mm-hmm. now, uh, what they answer in cre- like what questions they answer on Stack Overflow mm-hmm. and, so you I know, think I would use have, it more as a cross-reference, yeah. but I think my first, yeah. being that they don't log in very often, because when they do, they just have a whole yeah. pile of recruiter spam. With developers specific, I'd be more inclined to email. Yeah. If you're getting results, I guess it's try it everything. De- and it, it depends. It depends yeah, on the, the country. Yeah. And that's what we do as well. Like We try every every week and, and every couple of weeks. It's like, is this working? And we run, a, we run statistics on it. It's like, okay, let's... We have two projects that are roughly the same. Let's try email with one and email with the other one and see if the, what the difference is. It's all happening on this show. <laughs> I, at some point, I will have somebody behind me, so I'm going to catch up. Well, mind you, he's only just gone out with the dog, so he might not. <laughs> We've got, cat, we got Max cat. Yeah, Max has to come and say hello. This is Blab Cat. He was scratching at the door. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so do you change what channel you use with your outreach so i laugh you know the people that sort of say they want to put a blog on my blog and i keep getting the same email sent to me three or four times they never actually just call me or text me or do you switch yeah so yeah i mean we switched away we we constantly look at what's what's working in terms of what we write mm-hmm. uh we we do a lot around how many links do we put in. So we we tried a lot where we put a link to a YouTube video about a customer we're working with or that specific office or, um, you know, and mm. like that we have different links. So we tried longer versions with with more links mm. and, and then a calendar, like calendar link at the bottom. Or we tried a lot shorter version was like, this is what we're, you know, this is short story. This is why we were interested. Like, this is what interested us in your profile. Um, please take some time with a recruiter. And we tried a lot longer. And, and again, it works differently in different regions, but we constantly try to see what works mm. and what we need to try something else on. What is a good length for developers? Did you find shorter emails or a bit longer? I've heard both. Depends on what country they're in. Yeah. Oh, people are so yeah. difficult, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, the role that we have as well. So for, for developers, you know, they tend to like the longer ones from what I've seen so far with the statistics where there's something that they can read. They like to do the kind of research Mm, Um, and other salespeople is more kind of, some of them are more to the point, but some of the regions that we recruited salespeople in, they wanted more info as well. So it it very much depends. The personalization (laughs) always obviously works. Hi, Max. Yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) Max sort of popped in. Max just popped out again. I can't see him. (laughs) How much do you personalize it? Is it just like a few bits and you use a template? 
yeah, we don't hyper-personalize. No. It's still, like, we still rely a lot on, because we kind of, we want to see what the templates, mm. like how much of it works, but then still have fairly big chunks of personalization. But you're not starting with um, the word I, are you? Please. Well, John has a question that relates though. So have you used SOBO, which I had to make him explain was sent on behalf of, um, I miss words, um, as an email messaging approach within your agile teams? And if so, we, did you get different results from different regions? We are looking at that specifically, uh, both, so two, both on sending on behalf of our hiring partners mm -hmm. Because uh, we've had tools where that worked, but also, which is another thing we started looking at, sending on behalf of other people in the team. Um, whereas, you mean, you're yeah, and huh? <laughs> so, so I can send got, it on behalf yeah, of Natalie. We've got an idea. on a Friday. Next time we have to have them on a Monday. <laughs> <laughs> we have a theory we want to try. Yeah. We think we'll get better response rates from people if it's sent from a female rather than a male and we just want to try it I know oh, okay, yeah, yeah. you've ever heard yeah. uh, and I hate saying it's thought it's the most diverse company and we don't believe in anything like that yeah. but I think sex sells and so um I especially with the developer a male developer you know you have 87 percent of developers are men or whatever it is mm -hmm. um 83 percent so if you're thinking about that you're more likely to get maybe a response from a, gu a guy who's being messaged by a girl. We want to try and just see, again, exactly the same messages, one from Mark, or 100 from Mark, 100 from me, what response rates we get. I wish shocking. And the next step is video. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As human beings, though, we are so shocking. So I know um, so some other solopreneurs like me who, when they chase their emails up, it's like Dave from the Searchologist sends the email, and then the accounts department answers and pays the invoice, whereas when it's the female chasing, they don't. Wow. Yeah, I have another huge yeah. mic drop that I'll share with you, which is in my presentation about that, but I don't want to share it now because <laughs> there's people on this. I've just checked who are on the chat who'll be at SourceCon, so I don't want to. Yeah, go. I'll share it with you now, like, because you won't be there. <laughs> That'll you have to beam in. Beam you in. I'll try. Erin, of course, totally agrees because she is a shocking flair, aren't you, Erin? Let's admit it. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's the jazzercise. We all should start Stocking. jazzercising. That's a compliment. <laughs> I don't mean like you're a bit which you shouldn't. I can't imagine you're doing jazzercise, Mark. Maybe actually. Hey, I'm in Spain. You know, lots of things yeah. happen when you're this out. Could be you this could happen. <laughs> At SourceCon. No, no, it's just in London. It's going to be here. We're going to see it. Yeah, we're having a party on the rooftop. <laughs> yeah, we'll Erin can lead it because that's what she does. So that would be really funny. That's going to be done. My God, we're Aaron so off topic. Erin <laughs> and Stephen need to be together at a conference. Stephen Costacow and they could do it. <gasps> oh, my God, could you imagine? Oh, wow. I know just oh, the one awesome. as well. I'll message it to her after. Write that down, Erin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Lee has another curly question. Go on, Audra. I've been speaking too much. Sure. Of the list of 100 prospects that you send to your clients or your hiring managers or your recruiters, um, do you actually keep track of whether or not someone you've submitted actually gets hired? Yeah, yeah we follow them through the process. So mm -hmm. we, we go, I mean, I, I spend a lot of time in my recruiter's calendar to see if one of our candidates has booked time in their calendar. Because uh, cause we, don't, we don't have a link yet where we know that the calendar mm -hmm. invites are linked to our system. And link back to us so we make we go through everything to kind of see is our 
was attacked right that it's that they can see that we were the source and also for us in the team to know like even if we the source that it's if i did the the outreach but um a header was actually the one that found the candidate that he gets the credit even though we kind of all share the credit as a team but that we can track which which of the sources actually originally found them um and then track them all the way through plus we run a lot of statistics on how good are we because we go around and we say look compared to what you putting a job ad out and waiting for a lot of inbound um why we tell people to do sourcing is one you can control diversity a lot more and two, our, our conversion rates are better. So we make sure to keep tracking that as well so that we have the data to back up our, hmm. our statements. Um, and we do that whenever we talk to recruitment teams. It's like, these are your stats from last year. Yeah. Um, these are your stats with your recruiters doing sourcing. These are the stats when we were helping you so that we can show them. It's like, this is why we're doing it. Hmm. I mean, we had it with, with Spain in the beginning of the year where it's like, okay, we know what your target is for the year. We ran some stats, and for you to do that, you would have to double the number of people who applied. I I don't know how much money you have to throw after ads because we can't control. That, yeah. No, mm. you, you can't guarantee that you get double as many applications. Yeah. So and how boring the too, they're going through all of the ones that aren't suitable when you could just especially yeah, like going like, and finding them. One hundred twenty-eight to one is their conversion on inbounds to hire, and ours is I think seventeen to one from a from an outreach, from a candidate to a, um, yeah. Yeah. So it's different. So that was, that's the thing you can control. And And if you throw more time at in, and if you throw more time at inbound, you still not guaranteed a result. If you throw more time of actively sourcing, you will get, because it's the math thing. It's like, if you put the time in, you'll get the results at the end. Mm. You can also control diversity in sourcing, seniority, you know, rather than people who opt in to you. Uh, in an inbound situation, you are in control of everything in, in sourcing. So it's a much better option. Mm. And we can tell the story up front as well. Like I'm reaching out to you. You might you might know our company and you mm. might have seen the role. But if we put the wrong title on it, they might not understand mm. what we actually mean with that title. And just tell a story about what the role is or put a video in. We have some good videos about what does a principal technologist do or some of our customers in different regions. What is it that we work with those customers on? So sell the the story around the projects they'll be working on or the work they'll actually be doing much better than trying to write that in the job mm-hmm. description or a job ad. So with all of the people that you get in touch with who aren't quite right now, are you keeping in touch with them? Are you sourcing from that pool again? Or And what tech do you use to do that, dare I ask? So we put them into our nurture campaign through our recruitment marketing system, Marketo. Um, they have to opt in through Where it. they all do the triple opt-in. <laughs> GDPR compliant, pain in the butt. Yeah. yeah. And then they can come. We've got something called Access Thoughtworks where they're being engaged through lots of content and things. Hopefully, So we realized, we, we did an interview of loads of our employees, ex-employees, mm-hmm. candidates, for a senior or lead technologist at ThoughtWorks, it takes between five and eight years from finding out about ThoughtWorks to applying. Um, and five and eight five to eight years from first hearing of ThoughtWorks to application. And we oh have to. Oh my word! Um, our job is to shorten it. We're trying to get to a twelve to eighteen month conversion instead. Um, the more so they know. Yeah. So the more yeah. we can t- share with them, the more we can tell them. We're trying to get them involved through nurture. Um, we're keeping our campaign, our pools to the point where when we have to do a second outreach or sorry, a second campaign for a new search, we'll go to the old people first. Yeah. Who we actually have sourced, they're 
we know we've had hiring manager mm. feedback already they're good yeah yeah and then we do that oh, it happened recently i did a campaign last year for some of our salespeople. there's tail in the air and then <laughs> i did a second outreach a couple of days ago and yeah. had five phone screens put to my diary in half an hour because people knew about us had already read up about us they were ready to go so yeah and you works. catch them when they're having that day <laughs> you know they might yeah, have been having that day 12 months ago or whatever yeah and we get a lot of those responses as well it's like i know thoughtworks i've been following you for a while um but i'm working on a really cool project now so the timing isn't right but stay in touch yeah. we get a lot of those and the, the Access ThoughtWorks is very much about its articles from developers, its uh, tech radar, which is something we do twice a year, kind of what, what's the new technologies that we're looking at, what do we think is in and out, um, and events around technology as well. So it's not a recruitment campaign as such. It's just giving keep giving them things of books that our people have been writing and book tours that they're doing or new conference talks and and just writing our blog articles around the technical topics yeah. and then once in a while be like by the way if you're interested in careers here's a you know here's a link to talk to a recruiter or um, at the events as well you know where to find us that's cool um so i have a question who helps you with those tech creators do you have one of the like the engineers write it up we don't do it god that's a whole thing that's yeah. like some of our top technologists get in a room for about three weeks and decide what to adopt, what to trial, what to stop using. Um, and they produce it, it's produced in four different languages. It happens every six months. There's an event for it in every region as well. Mm. If you look at thorwets.com slash radar, you'll see it. Um, most CTOs follow it so that they get that kind of information so they can start using it with ah. their tech teams. So there's the biz dev side for that as well with you guys being the consultant. The huge demand. So hence you've got the buy-in. I think yeah. some companies would struggle to get that buy-in for that, but of course it's giving you more business. I think you're in that lucky space in that respect. It's interesting because yeah, it's not even we, a recruitment yeah. tool. It's completely yeah. demand driven that one. Yeah. It works for us too. Mm. Use it as a group. Absolutely. Because usually it's, yeah. we and know we want to keep in touch with people, but we can't get any information out of our developers or our sales people or how, whoever to actually. Fill. And our senior targets for senior roles are also targets for for business development because mm. they would be if they're sitting in an engineering director role they are some of the people who are going to influence whether that mm. company would come to us um and use us for 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 projects so yeah it's it's, it's always that kind of mm. if we keep pounding them for recruitment that's that's one thing but the timing has to be right mm. so trying to more using that kind of business development and get the technology out there um, and we're looking at as well like specifically with the people it's like let's follow up in six months that we can get something get systems that work for us from a sourcing piece as well yeah. that we constantly know our trello board works a little bit like mm -hmm. that for us so that we have because we still have those projects that they're done um so if we get it six months later we know that we can just go in find the title and then click into the project and say okay what's the status of all of those people who are the ones that responded and and that we can look at again who didn't respond that we should try again and yeah that makes it a lot faster absolutely cool there's another question from lee how many people in bracket sources and support staff do you employ on a full-time and a part-time basis i think i think lee wants a job <laughs> are you wanting part-time lee work from home what are you after? <laughs> um, yeah, I love so the no, local kitty as well. <laughs> he wants to get out now. What a pain. <laughs> In our team, we have four sources full time. Yeah. Um, we have no one part time. 
Um, we have a regional sourcer in North America in the UK. Um, we're about to expand the sourcing center of excellence across um, the world and have a sourcing hub in India mm. where we will have probably about 10 more sources hired in the next year, I'd imagine. It's growing. Ah, oh, Lee works for himself, solo third party. <laughs> and I love working for myself. Did you say the commission's better? <laughs> if you send emails from Dave at to get paid, yeah. <laughs> it's quite fun. Oh, God, you guys are all, I, I, sorry, you're still promoting over here. He is very appreciative. And hear about Steve, we need to warn him that Aaron's coming. <laughs> so we're having a whole chat. Natalie's like, what are they talking about? <laughs> Pre, uh, are you guys all going to be at, in Budapest? Right, Natalie, will you be there too? No, I can't no? come. I've managed to, it's the one week of my life where my parents are away, my partner's away, my neighbours are away, and I have no one to look after my kids. Yeah. Well, I could bring them with me, but Can't it wouldn't be fun. you just lock them in the bathroom like Mark's Probably just done? Probably. Yeah. I would love to. <laughs> is it one child or more? Two. Two. I have I a six-year-old and nearly two-year-old. So that would be them. awesome. In front of the conference to take care of them. And probably... That's a good thing about doing doing video chats every day. We know each other's kids. I'd end up yeah. going to jail for taking her out of um, school. Well, Erin is suggesting trucking him. <laughs> we love having you on our chats, Erin. You have so we'll, we'll, we'll both be in London for uh, for the sourcing summit. When's that? Week Costu. after. Yeah. Oh, wow. You guys are busy. Yeah. Are you speaking at that as well, Mark? Yeah. Yeah. Me and Mark are pairing on it on similar topics to what we just discussed. But oh, cool. <laughs> That's really cool. That'd be great. Is that on the second day or the first day? We don't know yet. Um, there is an agenda. It's on the second day. <laughs> I'll check it out. Yeah, the it's agenda the came out quite late, but it's out. Yeah. Oh, what? Do you know what time? Yeah. I'm trying to work out if I can. Morning. Can I just swing in just 11, for that? Eleven something. Or maybe I'll get it's someone to morning. stream it. <laughs> it's like eleven something. It'll be videoed. Yeah, stream yeah. it, stream it, stream it. That would be really cool. So, so what's next with all of this? Um, what's the next thing to, get, to bring into the, the it's full scaling? It's to scale. So, ThoughtWorks have been acquired yeah. by a private equity house, so we need to double in size in the next four years. Uh, we're currently oh, 5,000 employees. They want us to be 10,000 in five years, four or five Whoa. years. Um, so lots <laughs> to do. Um, and we, sorry. It's, 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 uh, yeah, Aaron's like, there you go, Lee. Come away for them. They need to double. Yeah, but he likes his third party fees, you see. That's what he really wants. <laughs> we love uh, you, Lee. Do not disappear. We want you here. <laughs> we're just teasing you. It's Friday. <laughs> yes, yeah, so scaling, growing. People walking past Mark's balcony. Um, <laughs> but they're <crying. laughs> <laughs> <Funny that. laughs> um, Yeah, so scaling is what we need to do next. We're going to bring this whole process to a team in India where they're actually going to be working together in a room, which yeah. is going to be amazing because if we can scale it, if agile it remotely to do it in a room, I just can't wait to see what's going to happen mm. and how it's going to work. And then they'll also be part of our wider global team. So we'll be having stand-ups with them and just enjoying watching it grow and, and working so collaboratively in such a different environment now. That's really cool. And then your team's obviously going to get bigger, right? If it's going, to, if you're going from 5,000 to 10,000, yeah, we're, we're going to be, so we're currently four. We're going to be definitely 10 more. 
probably within six months. Yeah, six, Are they all going to be in India? India? That's the hub in India, yeah. yeah. Yep. Why that India? is part of our team. Why India? Um, I think there's a really great group of sources in mm. the major cities there where you think about the outsourced companies that have been yeah. doing it for globally. I think it really suits our model, the fact that we've got so many offices in different countries and yeah. they have sources there who are used to it. They're used to following the sun as well with their time zones. Yeah. Um, and we have five offices in India, especially one that has a lot of space we've just created with I think it's about 300 seats ready to go so for us it's it's a no-brainer mm -hmm. and just from a cost perspective as well it's a much lower cost for us than doing no, it we're very in the cheap UK. in the UK we're so very cheap, cheap. <laughs> I could hire 10 of 10 10, 10 marks for Mark, yeah. <laughs> crazy isn't it I probably can't hire 10 yeah. marks but 10 people that could do no, some work like Mark I'm sure you can, you can start to try and bring them up to his level I don't know if will match their hats and their socks no, exactly. No, that's a, that's a skill. Mind you, didn't we work out that we're all barefoot? <laughs> Just for the amusement factor. Um, so Audra, who have we got next week? Because we have four minutes to go. If you can actually right, say that over blab cat. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Um, we're actually completely flipping the switches next week, and it's going to be all about uh, branding. So that'll be interesting. Uh, we have two people from Exactwio, which I'm excited. Shannon Smedstad and uh, Emily Fritz are going to talk about uh, ways to attract. Not everybody, but the right people. Yeah. Sometimes, like, employee branding content can be so kind of generic. Like, we want everyone to love what we're putting out, but to, actually, we don't want everyone to apply. We want mm. just the right people. So, I'm excited. That'll be totally different. And because we've had a run of sources for you, haven't we? It's not in your employer branding remit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or job. But you've learned loads. Um, really quick, yeah. quick, quick final question from Ed. Any example of how the Trello Agile board would be constructed? We could share our screen and show you quickly, but I am. Um, oh, you need to. I don't know how to. Yeah. You need to add a plugin. <laughs> Maybe you have to tweet a, a blurred out version or Definitely. Something. I can do that. I can do it yeah. right now. Bloodcat's <laughs> so noisy this week. Yeah, that would be interesting. Out of time. This is like the fastest hour. Are these hours getting faster? Crazy. I'll tweet one for you. Um, yeah. Copy Maybe just blot out anything that's obviously confidential, GDPR and all of that. Anyway, thank you. Thank you both so, so much. Yeah, thank you, guys. That was really interesting. I learned loads. Oh, that's awesome. So I will see you at SourceCon in Budapest. I will hopefully see you both at Sosu. I will see you next week, Audra. And um, thank you, everybody. Come back next week for more chat. Yes, thanks, everyone. Thank you. Thanks. Bye, guys. Thanks, Bye. 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 B